Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so nice to be with you again so soon. Loving that for me. Um, friends, I'm trying to be more Brian up in here, so um, let me start by blessing you. Um, I bless you in the name of Jesus to know Jesus even more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing in your body, your mind, your emotions, and in your spirit today. I bless you with guidance and help from God today. I bless you to flourish in this season no matter what challenges you find yourself facing so that you can prevail. And I bless you to experience the love, joy, hope, and peace of God today. May it be good times. Friends, uh, allow me to introduce myself if we haven't had a chance to meet yet. My name is Crooksy. I am the lead pastor at Rehope Southside. And just because it's going to be relevant later on, um, I used to be the kids pastor here. Um, If we haven't had a chance to meet before, and especially if this is your first time at Rehope and you're thinking about making Rehope your spiritual home, may I compliment your impeccable timing. Um, you are going to get a really good taste of what Rehope is all about today. And if you already call Rehope home, um, you're probably going to hear a lot of familiar stuff this morning. But I know that I have been like blessed and challenged and encouraged as I've been thinking through this stuff this week. And it's my prayer and my hope that you experience something the same. It's always nice to get a nice reminder, eh? So we're going to start with a story that Jesus told. You can find it in Matthew chapter 25. The words are going to be up on the screen as I read. story goes like this. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take any oil with them. But the wise ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. When the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout, here's the groom, come out and meet him. Then all the bridesmaids got up and trimmed their their lamps. And the foolish ones said, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. And the wise ones answered, "Um, no, it won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. And when they had gone to buy some oil, the groom arrived. And those who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the rest of the bridesmaids also came and said, master, master, open up for us. And he replied, truly, tell you, don't know you. Therefore, be alert because you don't know the day or the hour. Cool. This is a simple story. Um, and uh, although I am no expert in early first century ancient Near Eastern weddings, I do know what the story is getting at, and that's that we should be ready. Not get ready, we should be ready. And yes, we should get ready, but once we've gotten ready, we should stay ready. Like, be ready, be alert, be prepared. And it's like, okay, right, be prepared, we'll be prepared. Like, for what? 
Well, this story was told to people as part of a wider conversation when Jesus was talking about what's going to happen when God draws the time of this earth to a close. He's talking about his eventual second uh, coming, and I'm not going to be talking about that today, but um, I do want to look at this passage just to draw a couple of little biblical truths that we can adopt to help us with our mindset as we follow Jesus in Glasgow, and the first of them is this, that we need to be ready. And I have been, um, over the last couple of weeks, maybe some of you guys have as well, um, I've been keeping an eye on the events that are um, transpiring at Asbury University in Kentucky. Um, if, uh, if you're not familiar with this, Asbury University is a small Christian college in Kentucky. It has a total of an enrollment of about 1,400 um, uh, undergraduate students. And something that they do have to do as part of the course to get the credits is attend like chapel um, services on campus. And on the 8th of February, some students were praying and worshiping as part of one of these chapel services, and that service just didn't stop. It went through the night. God's presence came to be with them, stayed with them, so the meeting just kept on going. And it's still going. Um, it looks a little different now, but it is still going. And different people have been calling this thing different things. I've seen it called a revival. I've seen it called um, the Asbury outpouring. I have seen it called one of the greatest movements of God in our generation. God's presence fell in that place in a powerful way and stayed there. And because God's presence was there, people wanted to be there, so they came. I've heard 20,000 people. I've read 50,000 people. I've heard 100,000 people. And wherever on that scale of the actual number is, let's just all agree that it's a lot larger than 1,400 like students that that campus is made for you and it's like a lot bigger than the town which has a population as of the 2021 census of 6,000 people and what do you do when like 20 or 50 or 100,000 people show up this is a big deal this is exciting I want to say too much about it though because like, I don't want to talk about something that I'm not really informed enough to talk about I wasn't there I wasn't there, but I still think it's good in light of something that is going on to give ourselves a little reminder of what this church is all about so that we can be ready. Rehope Church exists to lay the foundation for a long-lasting reawakening. Okay, reawakening, revival, move of God, outpouring. Like, are these synonyms? Are these separate things? Like, what's the deal with this? So this statement that we've got right here seems to me like it has three parts and uh, we're going to break them down and we're going to start and we're going to work in reverse order starting with the awakening or the reawakening bit. So reawakening and revival have got common threads. Everything that we do at this church flows out of a desire to see many people come awake to God and alive to Jesus. That's how we see reawakening, coming awake to God and alive in Jesus. And with revivals, it seems like there's kind of like, there's like a quantity factor in that, eh? Like when we think about revivals, we think of so many people, like a great many people coming to faith in Jesus all at the same time. And Lord God, you're seated on the throne and salvation belongs to you and a heart, hearts burn for this to be the case in Glasgow that a great many people call on your name and be saved and may it be. 
Where we do see a distinction, though, between revival and reawakening is that reawakening tends to be less closely um, tied to the quantity thing. We're convinced, because we see it, um, that reawakening starts in your heart, it starts at home, and it often starts on an individual level. Here's a little example. Um, so over the last couple of months or so at Rehope Southside, and I, it's my hope and, and my prayers and my expectations that this is also like true in other Rehope locations and in other churches. But at the Southside, we have seen over the last couple of months or so, like a number of people showing up, like just showing up. And their story goes something like, you know, I wasn't actually really thinking about God that much. But then I just thought I need to start reading the Bible. So I did. And that's reawakening. That's like individual heart level, like coming alive to God. But yo, a bunch of people showing up with the same story and then things start to stack up, don't they? It's not an individual level anymore. Things do spread. Reawakening starts at home, but it spreads and it builds and it's fun. And one of my favorite things about reawakening um, is that it's just like, it seems less dramatic and if you know me, you know that I'm no stranger to a bit of drama, but I like, I like my reawakenings not so dramatic because it just kind of puts a guard out against like something that people with a more cynical view of revival movements might level towards them is, is that it's all just hype. It's all just emotionalism. But when reawakening is like that like individual level and just like a quiet, growing desire to read the Bible for yourself, I don't think anybody's ever going to have a good chance of claiming that that's emotionalism or hype. I love that reawakening start at home and then grow and spread. I love that they're less dramatic or maybe just dramatic in a different way. Because to be fair, when is a heart come awake to God and alive in Jesus? Not dramatic. That is a life-changing dramatic thing, but definitely less hypey Definitely less something that you could sneer at if that is something that you might be inclined to do. I love that reawakening tends to be a slower burn because that does make it more long-lasting. So let me give you an example of this. Two weeks ago, right here, um, I was standing, it was at pre-service prayer at the evening service, and I was standing in a group, and Kelly was in in my group, and also in that group was um, this dude, Sandy, and Sandy was the kids pastor here after me, and Kelly drew our attention to the kids pre-service prayer group that was being led by her son, Owen, and my dude, Reuben, and um, we got some pictures of them that we can throw up on the screen. Here's um, our dudes in action, great young men of God, and Sandy and I both uh, pastored Reuben when they were kids and when they were in uh, We Hope. I think we've got some pictures of that too, yeah. Um, <laughs> lovely. Um, Owen and Reuben, classic. They are great young men. And it was one of those like wonderful moments where you get to see a little snapshot of how God is like getting your dudes who you've passed something on to and then they're passing it on as well to the next generation. And like, I, I did go to find a photo of, um, of my dudes in action this week, and I find, I find another one, here it is. And the fun part of this one for me is that Sandy and I both pastored the kids that are in this photo. So not only did we pass on to Owen and Ruben, 
But they're doing the same, passing on to the same kids that we worked with, and it's like a joining together in doing the thing. It was such a good, proud moment. Gentlemen, so proud of you. Like, so proud of you. Love that. It was a touching moment. It was a humbling moment to think like you've just got this like one little piece and all of the factors like me and Sandy together along with all of the multiple factors that have gone into those young men being awake to God and alive with Christ. But seeing it right there was fun and I probably would have missed it if it weren't for Kelly bringing my attention to it. Um, and it kind of got me thinking and uh, thinking about a time where I remember it was one Sunday afternoon and it wasn't that long after Ruben and his sisters had joined We Hope. And I remember texting um, their mum uh, one Sunday afternoon about something that he had said or done or prayed. I can't remember what it was, but essentially the message of the text was your son is class. And um, I remember what she wrote back. And she wrote back two words, Pastor Ruben. And I don't know why. I remember a single text message from like 2011 or whenever that was. Reuben was in P2 then. But yo, Pastor Reuben, you saw it on the screen. That happened and it's fun when something that's said, maybe you don't even think that there's that much weight to it. And then it comes to be because God's eyes see. Very exciting. I've just been like rabbit holing on like all of this fun, like long lasting, multi-generational awakening as awakening has passed from one person to the next. I love this. Um, generation to generation. Beautiful. So we want to lay the foundations. We want this to happen. We want to facilitate it happening. We want to do everything that we can so that we can make sure this happens, so that we can get ready and be ready and stay ready. And we're not just laying the foundations for the next generation, but we are laying the foundations so that the next generation are included. And to be fair, everybody has their own next generation because the people that I consider to be my next generation, the people that come after me, are not going to be the same people that Owen and Ruben consider to be their next generation. So who are they going to pass on to? Well, we've already seen it in the photo. And then who are those kids going to pass on to? It's so fun. I was talking to Brian about this um, just last week and um, he, he put me down another rabbit hole. And he got me thinking about how Duncan Roseweir, who's one of the elders at Rehope Church, um, he, he attends in the south side. And uh, even like last, uh, just uh, yesterday, actually, on our Alpha Weekend Away, Duncan was talking to us about how he landed at Rehope. And he joined a Bible read-through group because his cousin was in it. And then we invited him to play um, a, game of, a game of football. And then I roped him into um, doing a kids' holiday club here. And he kind of just stuck from that and like from small beginnings like he's one of our elders now and, and that's really fun but before that Duncan helped pioneer along with Naomi the youth ministry here at, at Rehope and Sandy who I mentioned before was one of his leaders and he was also a kids leader and Ethan Brian and Kelly's oldest son was a part of that youth ministry and then he became a kids leader also and then he was leading kids and then it's just kind of one of those ones where like Duncan is like a little bit younger than me and Sandy is a little bit younger than Duncan and Ethan is a little bit younger than Sandy and Owen and Reuben are a little bit younger than Ethan and then who's going to be next and sometimes it's when you see someone who, yes who's gone before you a few steps ahead of the game but someone so relatable at your same life stage like I'm like married with no kids I'm kind of at the same life stage as Duncan even though like I am older than him for sure but something that's like relatable and you can just like 
like pass on and it passes and it passes and it passes and it's fun to think about who it's going to pass to next. Love that. Doesn't always work like that though. Sometimes it does do a really big jump. First time I ever did um, We Hope here as a volunteer, it was called Kid Tough back then. And um, doing it as a volunteer and um, Brian and Kelly's daughter, Emma, and Olivia Leibolt, who's one of our remain interns here, I'm sure a lot of you know Olivia. Um, back when they were in P4, um, they were, they were at, at Kids and for their share time, they wanted to do a memory verse that they had learned at Rehope's Weekend Away, like that weekend. And because the Weekend Away had a guest speaker, Brian was freed up. So just for a change of pace and a bit of fun, he did the kids' ministry at that Weekend Away, along with his other friend, also called Brian. It was a Brian and Brian show. And Emma and Olivia wanted for their share time to do the memory verse that they learned at that weekend away. And I don't know why I remember someone else's memory verse from like 2009, but I do. And I'm glad that I do. It was Jeremiah, it was chapter one, and it was verse seven. And good luck to me if I can get through this. Do not say I'm only a youth, for you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you and those girls aren't P4 anymore. And in fact, let the record reflect that both of those young women currently live abroad for the sole purpose of working for God's kingdom. And they did go wherever he told them. And they do say whatever he tells them to say. And maybe that memory verse is just a fun memory verse. And maybe you don't think it has the weight that it has. But sometimes God just sees like way further into the future. I just think that is so, so wonderful. I'm so proud of them both. If you're here and you consider yourself to be a young person, I wanna bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus to proclaim and declare the good news of Jesus and to spread reawakening. I declare your high value and your worth to the kingdom of God. And I declare that there are people who will come closer to God because they see your love for him. Reawakening happens. It really happens. It's happening now. And we're always laying the foundations for what's going to come next. And we're always cultivating what happens now. It is important to be ready. And being ready just kind of means like you're constantly in a state of getting ready. And we want to be ready because if we're not ready and we miss it, Man, like what a missed opportunity that is. Let's jump back to thinking about our story for a second. It's a short story, but we're quickly introduced to the fact that there are two groups within the group of bridesmaids. Um, five of them are ready and are described as wise, and five of them are not ready and they are described as foolish. And Jesus isn't playing around with his words here. But before that, something that we might start to notice is that they, they do have stuff in common. Do you know? They all took their lamps. They all went out to meet the groom. They all got tired and they all fell asleep. And then they all got up and they all trimmed their lamps. They have plenty in common. Enough in common that you might not be able to tell from a quick glance which ones are the ready ones or which ones are the not ready ones. Or like, you might not be able to tell that there's some that aren't ready at all. They all appear to be doing the same thing. 
they all appear to be ready. Do you know, it's not like there are five of them that are still getting their hair and makeup done when the cars arrive and it's time to go to the church. Like, it's not like there are five of them who are drunk before the speeches and are a total liability. It's not like that. They all appear to be in the same zone and they all appear to be ready, but that is not the case because there are some of them who are missing a small yet absolutely vital detail. So when it comes to it, when the thing happens that they're there for, like their purpose, their bridesmaids, they're there for a wedding, when the groom arrives, they're not ready and they miss it. And missing it doesn't mean that they have like a slightly lesser experience than everybody else. Missing it means they completely miss it. And Jesus' point in this story is, you don't know when it's gonna happen, so be ready or you'll miss it. And I know that he is talking about his return but I'm going to take that biblical truth and apply it to our context because we don't know when God is going to pour out his spirit and a great and long-lasting reawakening in Glasgow. But let's be ready or we'll miss it. And the fear is missing it, you know, and like missing out and not being ready is the worry. Like, and maybe that could look like some kind of like, you know, spiritual like fear of missing out because it's going to be really fun. So maybe we want to try and uh, like join in in our own way, or maybe we want to try and replicate what God is doing somewhere else here. And I'm like, good, like good. If we see God move wonderfully in his spirit and people are flocking to him and getting to know him and being saved and being healed and being set free from addiction and we think, eh, I don't really want that, then I'm worried. But if we think we can just replicate it by our own power, then dun, dun, dun. I'm worried about that too. But if we see an exciting act of God and we think that, like that God who does that thing, yo, he's incredible. I would love to see that. In Glasgow, God, I am here for you. That's great, good, let's try and join in. Like, let's try and do that thing here. I know that in this location of Rehope, like all this week, people were meeting to pray and to worship God just to be available, just to be ready. Like tonight in the South Side, we have a thing called Kingdom Come, a night of prayer and worship, you're invited. Um, and we're just gonna be available. Like part of our getting ready, part of our being ready. And we're not trying to fabricate a revival out of our own strength. This sort of stuff doesn't feel to me like it's, oh, psh, Rehope Church love a bit of hype, don't they? Doesn't feel to me like Rehope Church think that God owes them a revival if they just sing some more. This stuff feels to me like Rehope Church exists to lay the foundations for a long-lasting reawakening in Glasgow, and we will do whatever it takes, and we will be available to you, God. When you move, we want to make sure that we are ready. And as a church, we can do things to be ready. But I'm looking at this story, though, and I'm seeing something loud and clear, and here's a biblical truth for you. You're responsible for your own oil. No one's going to get it for you. Verse 8 of Matthew 25 pretty much says, Here, mate, go and eat a wee drop of that oil because I'm running out. And they're like, No, the wise ones say no. That's not how it works. You are responsible to get your own oil. I am responsible to get my own oil. That's just the way it works. The good news is that getting your own oil. And keeping your like supply levels high 
It's easy. It's simple. This is a simple thing. I've got three simple words for you. Jesus time. And if I had three more, I would make those ones no matter what. A priority for you. Your personal time with God. Yo, like your personal time in his word, in prayer, in worship is vital. It's treasure. It's precious. And church is great. I love church. I love the local church. I hope that's not going to come as news to you. But... Church is like a wonderful collective expression of where we can go to get our own oil, but nobody can do it for you. I can't read your Bible for you. And although I will pray for you, I can't do your praying for you. Only you can do that. Get your own oil. You can, but you can. You can get your own oil. Make your Jesus time a no matter what thing for you because it's so precious. It's your treasure and it is your responsibility. That being said, we do have things at this church that help cultivate that desire and appreciation for the treasure of spending quality time with Jesus. And one of them is Bible read-through groups. We read the Bible cover to cover, year after year. We read it on our own, usually for about two hours per week. And then we meet up with um, our group to talk about what we've learned or what we've noticed. It's a book club. It's not complicated and it's fun. And Bible read-through groups are a place where you go to get your own oil. You spend your time reading. No one's going to read it for you. But a fun thing about them is that they apply or they provide like support and accountability for you and the others in your group. Um, so you can help and support each other to get like your own oil. And it's, it's good. They help us to be ready. And that makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that a people who value and are familiar with and are saturated in God's words would be in tune to what he is doing and therefore more likely to be ready. It makes sense to me that a people who are like doing this already in strong, robust, committed groups are able to support new people coming in, even a great many people coming in to join in with what God is already doing when he pours out his spirit and a great long-lasting reawakening. Being an active part of a Bible read-through group will help you to be ready for when this happens, help you to be ready, help you to be alert. And if you're not a part of a Bible read-through group yet, then my appeal is this, please, please join one. Invest in the future spiritual health of our city and our nation by being a part of a read-through group now. Be ready. You'll notice I keep saying when God pours out his spirit and not if he pours out his spirit because it's my hope and my desire and it is my expectation to see God move in this way. And the last couple of weeks, um, as I've kind of been like thinking through the Asbury stuff, it's really put some extra fire in my prayers for reawakening in Glasgow. And last Sunday after church in the South Side, I was talking to two ladies, Sam and Claire, and we were talking about how knowing that this stuff is going on just kind of like changes how you pray for reawakening. And it changes things from like, sure, yeah, sure, God can do this, to like, yo, God can do this, and expectation goes up, and that's something that I really related to. We pray for reawakening in Glasgow 
all the time. It's part of our regular pre-service prayer before each service at each Rehope location. And pre-service prayer is, in my humblest opinion, one of the best things that we do at this church. It is, however, one of those things that we talk about quite a lot without actually ever talking about it in great detail, and that could leave people in our church having heard about it, but not actually knowing what it is or what it's for, and then therefore less likely to want to join in. And I would like to address that this morning. The way that we do pre-service prayer is very like deliberately and intentionally thought through. It follows the um, structures that Jesus taught his people to pray in, in Matthew chapter 6, and it sets up a way for like really good, effective prayers for re reawakening. Something that, that reawakening and revivals like all have in common is that they flow out of a united, concerted effort in prayer. There's a dedication piece in this. And for us, it's that week in, week out pre-service prayer. And that's important. Getting together, doing it all the time, dedication is important. And that's good. And there is more goodness about pre-service prayer. As uh, so you can see on the, on the screens here, pre-service prayer starts with repentance, and that's a turning away from evil and replacing that evil with holiness as we choose God's ways and then do them. And um, we start with repentance, and it's one of those like fundamental hallmark things about reawakening and revival. There's always, 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 always a repentance piece. And at pre-service prayer, we repent on like a personal level, because reawakening starts at home. We also repent on behalf of our church and on behalf of Glasgow. And maybe um, if you're new to this concept, like repenting on behalf of somebody else might seem like a different thing for you. And like, okay, it's, that sounds, I guess it sounds like a good thing. But why do we do that? Well, we do that because we follow the biblical example to do that. And Christianity since the Reformation has had more of a focus on the like personal faith thing. And like that's good, like that's definitely part of the mix. But when you look at stuff like the Day of Atonement and you see a priest acting as a representative of a people group and making atonement and like actually making atonement for a whole nation. And he can make atonement for that nation because he is part of that nation. He can be their representative because he's one of them. So we are members of Rehope Church and we can represent our, our group, like our church, and we can repent um, as a representative. We live and we're residents in this city so we can like represent Glaswegians and repent on their behalf as like representatives of the city. It's good. And we know that this is a real like biblical thing the whole way through. And yo, listen, Jesus was able to make atonement for humanity as a human. And if the notion of like collective dealing with sin feels kind of strange to you, my dudes, it's not that strange. Like Jesus did that for us and we follow his, his example in a good times. Um, repentance is really, really important. Um, one little thing. Um, if you come to pre-service prayer and you show up just like a few minutes late, tend to miss the repentance part, and that's a really important part. Um, so um, I'm maybe not asking you for like a whole bunch more, maybe just like three minutes more, you know, and like make sure that that important, like that's an important bit. Make sure that that, that gets done.
and done at the start. Good times. Um, yeah, next up in pre-service prayer, we praise God, and we do that uh, by singing, and we do that by declaring out his goodness, always good um, to declare that out, and um, since God is class, um, we want his ways and not ours, so we urge him to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and that feels very reawakening E, And then we turn our attention to our service, we get ready, we do the spiritual preparation bit for our service, and that's all the fun stuff, until we move on for praying for reawakening, the actual prayer for reawakening bit. And that's done in three parts, and we start off by praying for reawakening in the area of the city that the Rehope location that you're physically in is in. So here, we start by calling out for reawakening in the West End. And then we think about areas of Glasgow that have um, a Rehope location, Southside, Royston, Paisley, and we're doing that thing where we think reawakening starts at home and then it spreads out. We're thinking about where the representatives are and we call on God to move. And then we finish up that time by praying for God to bring reawakening in the next generation, which is so vitally important. And I've talked about a lot um, already. And we're praying for God um, to move in people's lives so that they come alive to God and come alive to Jesus. And that's a pretty big general thing. And something that's really fun in pre-service prayer is that there's freedom within that, like to be guided by God to pray for like, you know, like this specific part of it. However, it, however uh, he guides you, it's really fun to see how God guides his people in those moments. And um, then, yeah, so um, we're praying for reawakening. Sometimes, like the last, like last week and this week for sure, I find myself praying for reawakening and being like, yes, God really can do this. And I believe and I pray urgently and I'm like, yes. Other times at pre-service prayer, though, uh, God catches me out and calls me out for praying uh, what I refer to as beach boys prayers. And that's not, I wish they could all be California girls. Um, it's more like, wouldn't it be nice? You know the Beach Boys song, Wouldn't It Be Nice? And it's this song that's like written from the like naive, over-romanticized view of a young person for what it's going to be like to be older and be married. And it's like, wouldn't it be nice if we could wake up in the morning when the day is new and after having spent the day together, hold each other close the whole night through. And sometimes it's like that. But other times, it's not quite so much like that. Sometimes it's kind of more like, wouldn't it be nice if I could wake up and your clothes weren't lying on the floor? <laughs> and wouldn't it be nice if you could empty and take out the bins a little more? It's school run time, yeah, it's three o'clock. I don't really have time right now to stay and talk, but wouldn't that be nice? And the song is kind of like bouncy and chirpy and happy and actually really sad. And it has like a resignment to defeat. There's a resignation to defeat in there because it would be nice, but it's not nice. It's not nice right now and it can't be nice right now because I'm not older and there's nothing I can do about it. And there's this line that comes at the end of the song and it's like, you know, it seems the more we talk about it, it only makes it worse to live without it. And it's like, yo, it would be nice. It's not nice, it can't be nice, and we're kind of just torturing ourselves with it right now. That's like the bouncy, chirpy, really sad song that Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys is. And sometimes I pray prayers that are like, wouldn't it be nice if, but that's not going to happen. Reawakening in Glasgow, I'm kind of just torturing myself with the idea that that might happen. Sometimes God calls me out for praying some prayers like that. Those prayers are garbage, man. Like, those prayers can get in the sea. Beach Boys prayers, psh, 
Surfing USA for you, mate. Get out of here. Pre-service prayer is where Beach Boys prayers go to die. And that is good because you get the faith injected in you. You get the urgency and the passion injected into you as you think about what God does and he really can do these things. And yo, why not here? And why not now? And you pour your heart out. So good. Uh, We wrap up pre-service prayer. Um, by listening to anything specific that God has for us um, and then calling on him to answer our prayers, like giving reasons, like true reasons why he should hear and answer our prayers. And then we respond to him again in praise. And that's pre-service prayer. If you haven't done it before, that's exactly what you can expect. It is the same every single time. And there is freedom within the structure, which makes it really fun. Um, Other than the repentance part, which we do in the quietness of our own hearts, Everything else is prayed out loud and boldly, which is great. And uh, we do it in like little like one to two minute bursts. So um, if I said to you, right, yo, hey, pray out loud for 25 minutes, go. You might think, he's a break, mate. But like one or two minute bursts and like somebody's been like, right, here's the next thing to pray for. And you're like, I wasn't done. And before you know it, you've prayed out loud for 25 minutes and you weren't done you want to pray some more, pre-service prayer is class. My friends, completely recommend it. It's so good. And as far as the being ready for, like, getting ready and being ready for long-lasting reawakening goes, like, yes to the United Concerted Prayer Effort. Yes to the repentance. Yes to calling on God's kingdom to come on earth. Yes to praying for reawakening. Pre-service prayer is so important to the commission that God has given this church. So if you don't usually make pre-service prayer a part of your Sundays, my appeal is this, please, please come. Invest in the future spiritual health of Glasgow by being ready now. Because we don't know when God is going to pour out his spirit on Glasgow. We want to be ready. We don't want to miss it. And while we're on the subject of uh, praying together, I want to mention 8 a.m. prayer. Um, 8 a.m. prayer, every Monday to Friday, there's a faithful group of dudes from our church who meet to pray online. And usually we end up talking about it during like fasting week or prayer week, which is coming up um, like soon. And then we don't talk about it the rest of the year. But this happens week in, week out, all year round. A real faithful group, united, concerted, dedicated group who meet to pray. And they don't pray for reawakening every time. But remember, everything that we do uh, flows out of a desire to see um, a great many people um, come awake to God and alive in Jesus. And this definitely makes a difference to our getting ready. If it's going to fit with your schedule, I highly recommend. And all you need to do is like hit up rehope.co.uk forward slash 8am, click the join button, and boom, you're ready to go. People guide through that time so you know what to pray for. It's great. It's so, so good. I've heard like little rumblings of people thinking, oh, I might go into work a little bit early just so I'm there and I'm ready. Um, interesting. Sounds like a good plan. Maybe a plan for you. We want to be ready though, eh? Because we don't know when this is going to happen and we want to be ready or we'll miss it. And we don't want to miss it. But we also don't want to try and do it in our own strength and try and replicate a movement of God like control and C and control and V as if that's the way that uh, the Holy Spirit works. Of course not. But we should remember things like this Asbury thing 
And we should remember all of the other like revivals and reawakenings that we have seen, like from big, like classically dramatic ones across history to the like wonderful, powerful, individual and like little cluster reawakening things that we see around Rehope already. We should remember those and remember the truth, the truth, solid gold truth. God does and is doing wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things all the time. And we want to let it hit us and hit our excitement and hit our hope. Rehope Church exists to lay the foundations for a long-lasting reawakening in Glasgow. That's like our like big commission. So everything we do flows out of a desire to see many people come awake to God and alive in Jesus. So I'm not taking this moment to think, oh, listen, I need to get Brian on the phone. We need to throw out the script. We need to re-strategize. We've been barking up the wrong tree all of these years because God is doing something different somewhere else and we need to do that instead. I'm not doing that. I'm seeing like our thing here and our unique context here and I'm thinking, yo, we need to do this so that we are ready. And I'm just so excited that God has given us this commission. And I'm excited because he really does do these things. And I want to feel the excitement of that. But I'm also taking this moment to feel the responsibility of it all. Like, I do want to be ready. And I want to be ready, not so much for, like, I don't want to miss the excitement of it because it's going to be really fun if I miss it. Like, I want to be ready because there's a whole Glasgow full of people out there that God knows and loves and that they need to know the wonderful saving love of Jesus. And I want to be ready for when that happens so that there are church communities for them to come to. Churches that are completely devoid of cynicism and judgment, but instead a place where people who are taking their first or their next or their returning steps to God find hope and find life and find love. I want a church community that is like praying all the time so that they're ready for when this happens. I want to see a church that has like strong Bible read-through groups ready to like welcome people in, not precious about, I like to be in my group with my wee pals. And then there's all, all of a sudden a bunch of people like, you got you to chop and change. You weren't a leader. Hey, good luck because you're a leader, a leader now and it's going to be great. People are going to come to Jesus because you're leading them. It's going to be so good. That's a church that I want to see. And it's fun that that's the church that we are seeing. I know there are so many of you who do faithfully contribute to your Bible read-through groups every week. And I know that there are so many people here who are faithful in coming to pre-service prayer. And I hate it when preachers stand up here and give you a bunch of stuff to do and make you feel like what you're doing already is not enough. See if you're an active part of a Bible read-through group. Yes, my dude. So good. See, if you're a pre-service prayer person, come on now. Being ready for when God does this thing. And if that doesn't describe you yet, hey, get on illness. It's exciting. Be ready. Be prepared. Be alert. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot. What do you do when you've got a university campus of 1,400 people and 100,000 show up? There's a responsibility there too, and I want to be ready for it. I want us to be ready for it. It's going to be great. Being alert, being ready, listen, it's not always easy. 
Being alert's not always easy, but more good news for you is that next week, Brian is starting a series in, um, in Ephesians chapter 6, and he's starting with a message on being alert. What's more alert than my guard dog up there? Love that. Ready, alert, good. That's what I want us to be like, ready and alert. Um, I'm sure that that series is going to be a real blessing to us and impeccably timed. That's for then. This is for now. I've got a little challenge for you. Um, today. I've actually got two, but you only need to do one of them. Um, if you haven't been to pre-service prayer before, or if you've been a little bit patchy with it, um, your challenge is this. My invitation is this. Like, give it six weeks. Give it a full six weeks. Give it, um, like, give yourself time to get used to the deal and kind of, like, embed it into your Sundays on a regular basis. And if you are, like, a regular pre-service prayer person, boost your urgency in pre-service prayer. And this is not the be-all and end-all, but I think a really good way to do that is by like adding a little bit more volume. Do you know, like praying out loud and boldly for the whole shebang really does add in a lot of urgency and passion to your prayers. And I guess maybe the nervousness in that is like, oh, but then everybody will be able to hear me. And like, well, not if we all do it. If we all do it, there's just like a bunch of noise and energy in the room and you hear like the volume and that puts a bunch of wind in your sails. But as far as people hearing you goes, I want you to give you and your prayers and your God a bit of credit because I know that I have been blessed and encouraged by hearing like little snippets of people's prayers in pre-service prayer. And it's just like added that um, to my prayers in that moment. So my encouragement to you, add some urgency, pray out loud and boldly fun and let me pray for us real quick and then we're going to move into a time of response Uh, god we love you and you you're good all day every day your ways are good and we say yes to you and yes to your kingdom and we call on your name for a great long-lasting reawakening in glasgow god do it soon there's people that just need you and i just don't feel like we have like a lot of time to be I don't know, I don't know, it just, yeah, it feels urgent. God, I pray that you get us ready and you keep us ready. God, I pray that you like stoke a fire in our hearts. God, give us like an increasing, increasing, increasing desire to spend time with you in your word and in prayer and in worship. God, I pray that we would be ready when you are bringing your time to move, that we would be ready. God, come and shape this church. We love you so much. You're completely worthy of that. Amen.